I'd always question myself. I'm like, my gosh, like I'm good at what I do. People tend to think that I was doing a good job, but I also felt like there was something missing. There was missing peace. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is Tony Martinetti. And Tony is the Chief Inspiration Officer. By the way, that's a super cool title. I might just have to steal that, Tony. <laughs> At uh, Inspired Purpose Coaching. And Tony joins me from Boston. Welcome to the pod. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I love the name of your podcast, so I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of meant to be, you know, between Chief Inspiration yeah. Officer, Inspired Purpose Coaching, and the Inspire Podcast. Like, I wonder if we've re- we've reached our <laughs> quota of inspiration, but or, or, you would know, is that possible? Is, is it even possible to be too inspired? <laughs> never, never, never. So, Tony, uh, the reason I wanted to have you on is, you know, you've had this really interesting career, you know, follow traditional path in finance, kind of had a, a bit of a setback slash epiphany. And you've then gone into this business where you're helping people understand, you know, how they're climbing their own career mount in the crisis. So I think it's really, um, it's really timely to have you on, you know, we're reading now in COVID, you know, almost two years into COVID about the great retirement. We're hearing about people rethinking their purpose. We're hearing about people, you know, re-examining why they've been slogging away. And so I just think it's really timely to have you on. So thanks for thanks for taking the time today. Of course. Yeah, I'm looking forward to digging in and, you know, talk about these topics and, you know, really having this conversation. Yeah. So let's let's start with you. Tell me about uh, your early career, which was, uh, I know, a bit more of a traditional path that you were taking. So walk me through that. I got into finance, and then my first few jobs were all in this uh, different industries, high-tech, consumer mm-hmm. products. I worked at companies like Gillette and what have you, and you know had a great, successful career, nice ramp-up. Um, eventually landed with great success into this in- industry of biotech, where I was working with companies that were bringing amazing therapeutics to life for rare disease patients. And I was playing the role of a finance and strategy professional in that area, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But what is funny is that as I was in that role, I, I'd always questioned myself. I'm like, my gosh, like, I'm good at what I do. People tend to think that I was doing a good job. But I also felt like there was something missing. There was missing peace. So I would have these conversations with people and find out more about what they were doing and maybe thinking to myself, like, maybe someday... I'll do something different, but I don't know what it is yet. But time went on and I continued to move forward and continue to advance and move forward in my career. And I guess it was one of those things where you were getting so much positive reinforcement professionally. Yeah. You, know, you had the you had yeah. the kind of external markers of success. I'm sure you were getting more yeah. senior, you were involved in more intellectually compelling work, you were making more money, and you had people telling you you're good. 
And yet it sounds like at the same time, your, your internal doubts were growing. Was it a, was it tough to resolve? Yeah. Were, were you kind of stuck between these two opposing thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's exactly the, um, the feeling that it, that you have. And you start stuffing that down a little bit and saying to yourself, like, um, it's like you have this reward that starts to overcome the, you know, the external reward that is overshadowing the internal desire and you keep on moving forward and you can move forward. And that's really what fed me for many, many years. <laughs> until, <laughs> until it reached a breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Tell me about that. You find yourself in this place where you're constantly, you know, working harder and harder mm-hmm. to, to, to put on that, um, the image of, I'm the finance person and mm. this is what I do. I'm serving, serving this beast and mm. working harder and harder to the point where you're losing sight of who you really are. And I started to burn myself out in, in pursuit of these goals that I had and I lost myself um, in the process. And what was that like? Like when you say you lost yourself, how, what were the signs? The signs were, well, I mean, there's a lot of depression and like people didn't see it, but I, cause I hit it really well. I would put on a really good air of like, oh, you know, everything's great with me. But ultimately inside, I felt like I was dying inside and empty. And I felt like, what am I doing this for? Like, who am I and why am I doing this? Is this really what life is all about? Because I don't feel like I'm, you know, creating an impact that I want. I may have financial rewards, but I don't think that I feel like I'm making an impact that I really want to create. And so I started to, you know, to break down inside to the point where I, I literally got to a very dark place and felt like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. If you think back, what was the moment where you hit you hit rock bottom on that? Well, I mean, I had spent a period of time where I was only, I was working like, uh, a lot of late hours, a lot of early mornings and, um, you know, skipping vacations and just really doing more work than, than enjoying my life. And I started to really feel like I was suffering, um, in, you know, for something that I didn't even know why I was doing it for. And I got so down that I felt physical pain in my body. Um, and I said to myself, like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't recognize this person. And I didn't want to live anymore, to be honest with you. And it was that moment, it was the middle of summer too. I remember my family was on vacation and I was home working and I was thinking to myself, like, uh, how did I get here? Yeah. Um, and so I started to think about things where I could say, well, you know, what what is the hope that I could hold on to? Well, I want to be here for my son. I want to make sure that I don't, you know, that I can be the person who can give him something to hang on to. And I started to, you know, realize what I live for is is for him and for my family. And slowly but surely, I got myself out of this dark place and moved forward um, into taking the power back. It wasn't immediate. It was slow. And it was just climbing out of this darkness into a place where I could say, like, I could take more control. I could do something about this. All hope is not lost. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's a, thanks for sharing that with me. And, um, you know, I think you describe 
perhaps not getting to the, the depths that you got, but a lot of people reach that point where, you know, you've been climbing that mountain as the analogy I know you use and, but there's no way off it. You know, you kind of sense, Oh my gosh, I'm stuck here. And th- and I often hear people say, well, you know, I've just got 10 more years to retirement. <laughs> you know, I can just do this. And you, you shift from, you know, we have a, a friend um, who said that to us, my wife and I recently, I thought, my God, 10 years is a long time. Or you have people say, well, you know, I have the golden handcuffs, right? So the, these to me are these signs where people, it's almost, they feel they have too much in it already to leave. How did you overcome that? I mean, you were, you were making good money. You had the prestige. How did you have the courage to step away from that supposed sure thing to leave? Yeah. I, it's a good question because ultimately the courage came from building up the confidence that there is life on the other side and there's possibilities on the other side. I had at that point when I was in those dark moments, I had some experience with building a company. I had a financial services company that I built helping small companies raise money and do things like that. So I knew that it's possible to do something on my own and it, it I had this feeling that, well, maybe it's time for me to really commit to doing this on my own again and really do this, but in a different way, not finance. I didn't have the answer then. I just knew there was maybe there's something I could do beyond what I'm currently experiencing. And then it all came to a head during my second big moment, I'll call it, when I was sitting in a boardroom in one of the companies that I was working with, and I realized that. I don't like the way leaders are showing up. I didn't like the way that I was experiencing the leadership on the team. Mm -hmm. And I came to my real epiphany, which led me down my path of becoming a coach, which was this lot of leaders showing up and just worrying about how they look Hmm. in front of other people. And I decided that at that moment, I'm going to leave the room to change the room. And that's what Hmm. I did. I, I got up and walked out. You actually walked out <laughs> in that room, like in the middle of the meeting. Yeah. I, wow. Were people like, it. where's he going? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> well, yeah. There was, I mean, there wasn't like a massive disruption because there was right. about 40 people in the room. Right. But uh, but I actually, you know, for me, it was probably more profound than other, other people in the room. Right. But um, it was more the decision that I took at that moment to say, I'm hmm. not coming back. Hmm. Um, Remarkable. That, and then what I would do with it, which is to say, that I wanted to change the way leaders are showing up. Hmm. And that became the foundation of your, of your practice, right? Yeah. So you started your practice driven by this purpose to mm-hmm. help leaders show up differently. And talk to me about this concept of, and I think it was one that you would live crises on the mountain. Uh, what yeah. is that? You know, and the idea of cl- having a crisis and the idea of climbing the right or wrong mountain. Yeah. I mean, what really happens is, you know, when people get to this place where they're at the top of their mountain, which in essence, I was, I was experiencing this place where I was like, okay, you know, I'm here. I should be happy. I mean, I've had success in all sense Mm -hmm. of the word, but I, why am I not happy? Why am I not experiencing the thing that I feel I should have? Um, And I, and looked around and I'm like, I don't like the view at this summit. <laughs> um, and uh, I think ultimately what it came down to is that I chose a path that was not really meant for me. Hmm. It was meant, 
you know, based on what society says success looks like and what um, the path that was set for um, what people had told me, this is the right way you should go. This is what you should want. And instead of listening to what I really wanted in my core of who I really am, that's what I did. So I made the choice at that point that it's time for me to do what's really at my you know, my inspired purpose, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what really led me down this path of exploring that next path. And so what is your coaching? I mean, let's say, so you start that you, you've, you realize you're climbing the right, the wrong mountain, you got off the mountain, you started climbing a new one, which is coaching. So what, what did you set out to do for your clients? What I felt to do for my clients is that, and this was not immediate, like you, you kind of, you start off from one path of understanding who your clients are, and then you start to evolve into who they might be. Mm -hmm. And then you start to really see who they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. This doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly. But um, what I've come to see is that my clients are these people who are often stuck hmm. in their path where they're finding themselves having accomplished a lot, but they're kind of feeling like the, there's something missing. Hmm. There's something that's not quite right. And they need something to take them to that next level, not just because they, you know, they think that they, that the outside world says you need to go to the next level, but because they're missing something inside and they want to create that next level of fulfillment hmm. for them. So what would, say that, what would you say that, what would you say that, yeah, 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 so, sounds like you have some personal experience that you uh, were able to share. What, what would you say to people listening who... Like, what are the signs that you might be climbing the wrong mountain or you might be stuck? Well, I love this, this question because there's a few things that come to mind. But one of them that I always have people check on is this. If you look at your calendar and you say to yourself, okay, look, I, if I look into next week and I say to myself, gosh, there's nothing on the calendar next week that I remotely am excited about, hmm. then I might be on the path of, of not uh, burning out, of not being on the right path. Hmm. I mean, you're not going to have a calendar full of everything being, you know, yay, let's go knock this out of the park. Hmm. But you should have something on your, um, in the horizon that you get excited about, or you plan something that gives you some energy to move forward. Um, that's, that's a good quick check. When you're on the right path, there's a sense of growth. Uh, and there's struggle, no doubt, but there's also a sense of like enjoying the experience of what you're going through, not hmm. feeling like when I get to that place, I'll be happy. And how much, you know, you say you, you should be able to look ahead and see on your calendar that there are things that excite you, but of course it's not everything. What's the balance? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think a lot for a lot of people, you know, I've co been privileged to coach a lot of very senior people over the years, you know, the, there's the, always the promise of a new job, you know, they get promoted, big mandate, and there's excitement. And then kind of over time, the act of doing that just wears you down, you know, because of the realities of trying to drive change or, you know, influence or the limitations of what resources you're given. So what's the balance? Like how mm. much excitement should you feel recognizing that you won't all, like not everything is exciting? Yeah. First of all, uh, I think we have more control over um, the level of excitement than hmm. we think. Um, you, you can generate and create your level of excitement around the work that's ahead of you. Um, but just know that there's going to be things that you may have to do that you're not necessarily as excited 
Hmm. You can create the balance of, um, of how your work is designed so that it brings you more joy than you are currently experiencing. And maybe that's a 50, 50 right. or maybe a, 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 you know, more of your work could be enjoyable than you're currently experiencing. And, and it sounds like that going back to your metaphor is you might be on the right mountain, but you're taking the wrong path and you just have to yeah. kind of yeah, exactly. re reorient. How do you know if you're on the wrong mountain? The way you were <laughs> without getting yeah, to the no, point all, without getting to, to the point where you're in a dark hole <laughs> as you had to go through yeah i love that you say this because there's an element of this which is so important because i i often want people that are in to think about this is that you may be in the right job hmm. it's just how you're looking at your job mm-hmm. that needs to change and if you've lost the flavor if you've lost the spark about how you look at your job and you just need to kind of step away from it and say, why did I get in here in the first place? What is my desire to do this work? Is it just because of the title, because of the, the external view of, hey, I'm in this company that everyone respects? Well, who cares? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so back to your question, though, like, if, you know, are you on the wrong mountain? Are you on the wrong path? Uh, I, I mean, think of it as being in this time traveling, you know, um, paradigm where you think about right. what are the things that I've enjoyed in the past about being in this past. And if I look at those things that I've experienced so far that have been on this journey that I'm on, am I going to continue to be uh, seeing some of those things that I've enjoyed as I continue on this trajectory? If they're not, I mean, if all of the, the, things that I have connected to in this path are gone, then I might be on the wrong path, in the wrong mountain, sorry. In other words, like if I was a lawyer, right? If I was a lawyer and, and I have always been doing law, but I found myself like really lost all passion for law. And, uh, you know, as many lawyers seem to have, as many lawyers do seem to have yeah. law. It's remarkable, yes. But but the reason why I got into law in the first place is because I like fighting for people's fa- for fairness. Um, then maybe what I've, uh, I'm experiencing now is that maybe the the you know the value that I held for getting into law in the first place was right, but the field I got into was wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I need to do is take that passion and use it in some different way, and that might mean getting into something that allows me to use the traits, the skills that mm-hmm. I've accumulated and use it in a field that is a little more aligned with who I am as a person. Hmm. Um, and that is a different mountain. So that uh, you've made reference to kind of this idea of to, to help your clients, you kind of take them back in time. And I think when we, when we had our planning call for this pod, you, you use the term that really caught my attention, which is that you are a time traveling anthropologist. What does that mean, and how do you bring that into the coaching? Yes. I love this term because, um, you know, being an anthropologist is a study of people. You know, you're understanding cultures, but you're looking at it from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. and, you know, you try to stay out of the action. Um, hmm. You're not trying to get in and change them right on the, right on the, on the spot. But it's also about looking at it in different times along that continuum. And when I think about the time traveling aspect of this, it's like, you know, we start by connecting with the past and seeing, 
you know, what has been the journey that brought you to this point? Mm -hmm. What are the, the major um, points along your journey that have revealed who you are? And, um, and why are they important? And then once we've kind of dug into that past, we can now look into the future. So now what does your future look like? What do you want your future to look like? And how can you connect with envisioning and creating that view of who you want to be in the future? And once you've connected with that, all those, those two things can now bring you into the present, which is what can I do now in this moment to act in this very moment to actually, to create something that will put me in trajectory to be that person that I want in the future. It's actually a lot easier to be that person in the future when you start to think about all of the, the very, get very clear about who it is that that person is. Sorry to interrupt. I'm sure now, you know, we're, you're having conversations with clients who, for whom the pandemic has caused them to have to do that time traveling. Can you give me a, can you give me an example mm. of someone, obviously keep them, their personal details confidential, but example of a client you're working with and how, you know, where they're at now, um, starting to you know wonder and how you're, you're taking them through this time traveling to help them understand the path forward. Um, there's one person that comes to mind that um, had been working in the lab um, for a biotech company and they're having this feeling like, you know, I've been a scientist at the bench and now I'm feeling like I want to have a role where I can tap into using my experience as being that scientist, but doing it in a way that allows me to step away from being tethered to the bench. Hmm. Um, and so I'm helping this person to see, okay, how can I use my experience, my expertise, but also use it in a way that allows me to, to look bigger and look hmm. in a different way. Um, so this person's painting me a picture of what they would like to see happen, which is to see them stepping into a role where they're able to be part of a program, you know, inside of a program management type role where they can start to understand the pieces that fit together to make a therapeutic drug advance forward, but really so that they can be the person who runs the project. Now, it's not something that happens overnight, but okay. now I'll get them thinking, what conversations can I start having? Who do I need to be now? And how can I use my current job to be a springboard to that? Hmm. So for that person, was it they're on the right mountain, but different path? Or was it new mountain to climb? What was your what was the ultimate conclusion there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's really that they are moving to a different mountain, but it's really, uh, you know, something similar to what they're doing. They're using skills that they're hmm. that they've already started with. They're now going to add different skills. And the way they're going to they're going to make that crossroad into those new skills is by having conversations with people who are doing the work that they want to be doing and understanding what are the challenges? What are the things I need to learn? How can I uh, bridge the gap between where I am to where I want to be? Hmm. And, um, and the process of doing this, which is really cool, is that you start to get excited. You get energized about moving hmm. into this new mountain. And it actually brings new light into your work that you do currently. You get inspired. It's hmm. like, I like that. learning a hobby. Yeah. So we, so you don't even have to leave. You don't even have to leave your job. Yeah. Simply the act of like thinking about the mountain you're going to climb or the different path will get you re-energized. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's like learning a hobby on the side will get you excited because you're engaging your mind in new ways. And right. what that does is that it creates new ways for you to bring yourself into the workplace, which actually is a win-win on both fronts because you're hmm. you're finding new ways to to um, to utilize yourself, be creative, let's call it, and then you also finding ways to um, to energize your workflow. Is there ever a point? Yeah, you've worked with hundreds of clients. Is there ever a point where, for whatever reason, they see they need to go to a different mountain and they just can't do it? Like family re- obligations, geography, whatever, uh, pre- prevents them from going now? Ah, a good question. And there have been a few people who, as much as you want, you know, you, you want them to move forward and they have identified a path forward, they clearly just haven't put the energy forward to to do it. And so they stuck themselves in this place of um it's not possible for me to do it. I just can't do it. And, and, what, and what a, advice a, do you give to them? Because I think a lot of people, yeah. you know, it often is a, a big leap, you know, <laughs> and and um yeah. so what advice do you give people who who say, I just can't do it now. I, you know, I have mortgage payments, let's just say I'm a single parent, you know, what have you. Um how do you, what do you tell them? Yeah. And I guess the starting point is this: when the time is right, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. And the timing might not be right uh, for that person to hear the message. I think ultimately that's what happens is that if they're not feeling the motivation, if they're not feeling the, the spark to move forward, there's no amount of me working with them that's going to really get them to really move into action. They have to want it for themselves. Hmm. I can't want it for them more than hmm. they do. And maybe that's a good segue to, to the last thing I'll ask you about is, you know, as a, and I have coached people as well. And of course, as you said, you, you have to support them and, and enable them, but it's their journey and the timing has to be right. But there are always some hurdles I know that, you know, people have to overcome. What would you say the biggest hurdles that you see that people have to be prepared to overcome to make these directional changes, either a different path on the mountain or a new mountain. Yeah. I think the first one I think is this ability to see that there's poss- the possibility. Hmm. Um, you know, I think we limit ourselves because we think of ourselves as so small. We, we see ourselves in these boxes and we hold ourselves in these boxes because we say to ourselves, just as an example, oh, I'm a finance person. Right. Finance people don't do those things. We don't do those things. And I'm like, well, you know, now in hindsight, I say to myself, like, what, am I crazy? Like, there's no defined box for any of us. Hmm. And the more we create boxes for ourselves, then we limit ourselves by by saying that that's the, that's the, the way. So we have to stop putting ourselves into these these tiny boxes and limiting our potential by defining ourselves in these ways. Like, you know, oh, I can't do that because I'm this person or right. because I have this issue or that issue. And ultimately, um, you know, there's been so many examples of people. I just was re- reading a book called The Master Mentors um, by Scott Miller. And he has this guy in there who has no arms. <laughs> and he does amazing things and he's written books. He's done like uh, just remarkable stuff. 
and he's a he's an inspiration. Um, so if he can do things with no arms, just imagine the two arms. So don't limit arms, don't limit yourself. Uh, that's key. Yeah. That's yeah. key. Yeah, I can see that because you know, and I think you probably the longer you spend climbing up the mountain, the more you have those messages that this is what I am. This is who I am. I can't do anything anywhere else. And, and those are internal, yeah. but they're also external. I mean, I remember, so my company was founded by my mother. She'd been a corporate speechwriter, And when she told her colleagues, she was going to go start her own firm coaching executives. They said, what, are you crazy? You know, you'll never be successful. Why are you leaving? You've got, you know, you've got benefits here. <laughs> And she yeah. said, no, I, you know, it's crazy. I, I, it's a prison for me. Uh, it might be good for you, but not for me. But it does take a lot of um, that, that willingness to not limit your own possibilities. Any other psychological hurdles that you, that you identify that you help clients overcome? Yeah. Um, you know, really um, recognizing their brilliance. Um, hmm. You know, when you look back at people's past, um, you know, the first time that they look back and say, well, tell me about your journey getting here. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I did this and did that. They'll start telling their mm-hmm. their career journey. And, you know, I, I have them double click in or like really pause along the way and say, okay, wait a minute. Like you just glossed over hmm. a period of time where you were like running a company or you were hmm. running a division or launching a drug or, you know, doing all these things and like never really owning the giving themselves the credit that they deserve for doing the things that they're doing. Um, Cause we so easily pass over those things. Right. Um, we have to celebrate ourselves. Sometimes we don't do that often. Hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, we have in our women's leadership program, taking the stage, we talk about this concept of the crow that sits on your shoulder and criticizes you. And so it ties into, you know, you have to speak out against the crow in your own inner monologue and, and give yourself credit for all that yeah. you've done. And I think, you know, that goes back to that confidence that you will be successful somewhere else. So let, let's just wrap up because I think, you know, Tony, so many people are this so valuable now. Um, it's a, what would you summarize the three, you know, you, someone listening to this saying, look, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm on the right mountain or the, or, or the right mm-hmm. path. What would be the three things that you advise them to do now to start this journey to finding career fulfillment? Yeah, the first thing I would say is to pause, take a step, step away from the, you know, what you're doing and look, get some perspective on what you're doing. So you can say, what have I been doing that has lit me up in the past? What are the things that I'm coming from? What are the, what are the big wins? And what are the challenges I've overcome? Um, then what is it that I really would like to see in the future? What are the things I want to connect with? Because if I'm not on the trajectory of creating what I want, um, defining success on my own terms, then I might be missing the boat. Maybe I'm um, heading towards a C-level position, but ultimately, who cares if it's not something that is going to create the impact that I want to create? Um, and then. The, the last thing is start putting, designing the next steps for you. What do you need to do right now to start moving towards the thing that you want to create in the future? And that might mean having some conversations with people in the near term that will put you um, on 
the path to, to what you want to create. Well, I think it's, that's very helpful. Um, because now, you know, more than ever, people are saying, look, I'm not going to just kind of climb the 30 year ladder, get the watch and retire that, you know, we're really in this place where we have multiple careers. We have the ability to do interesting work, you know, have side hustles that are very passionate about. So I think it's, it's really worthwhile. Um, any books you'd recommend? <laughs> is there is there a book perhaps that people might read to uh, to follow this uh, this advice? Well, I mean, of course I can read my book, which yes, would be yes, I was, uh, I was giving you the <laughs> send you the pitch across the plate. What tell us about your book, Tony? <laughs> uh, it's called Climbing the Right Mountain, um, and the book is um, is available on Amazon. You can find it in many locations, but ultimately the book is a great tool for you to be able to get on the on the right path. Um, so that's a great place to get started. And then I, I love reading books. In fact, books are, you know, something that I'm often having conversations with people about and prescribing books as a, uh, as a way to move forward. And one of the books that I just recently read that I love is called, um, Master Mentors. I mentioned it briefly earlier, and that's by Scott Jeffrey Miller, who, mm-hmm. uh, works with the Franklin Covey, um, organization. Just a great summary. It's got some great chapters in there that'll get you going and thinking about some great concepts. So I think that's a great book to um, to tap into. And I also have, for those who are interested, if they want to check out my website, I have um, the Leaders Are Readers uh, list of books that I I always recommend. They're like my my go to. <laughs> so if uh, you want to check it out, I'm happy to send you a link. Yeah, and we'll, and what we can do is we can put links to your book to the uh, master's mentors book and to your, your site all in the show notes for the pod. So yeah. people can just go in there and uh, start figuring out what mountain they're climbing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, the vulnerability you showed and telling your story. And look, I think so many of us, I'll speak for myself, you know, you kind of start in your career and you know, you get tapped on the shoulders. Oh, do this. You're good at it. Great. Do more of this. And then, you know, one day you wake up and you say, you know, what am I doing? I mean, you know, for me, I always loved the work I was doing, but it took me a while to realize what I was really passionate about was building a business. And so that, you know, that takes time. And I, I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of shift in my business to building a, a company and finding rather than actually delivering the work on a daily basis for clients. But yeah, it's uh, it takes time. And it, and I think, you know, the best thing to do is have some perspective and some distance and even a professional coach. So I appreciate you coming on and giving, a, giving us a little micro coaching uh, today. Fantastic. No, I'm really honored to be here. I'm thrilled that you created the space to have this conversation. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with uh, Tony Marginetti today uh, about climbing the mountain and realizing uh, maybe you were on the wrong one or it's time to come down and climb a second one. A lot there, you know, for leaders to uh, to reflect on as they um, as they move through their careers. If you enjoy it, if you enjoy the Inspire podcast, take a moment, rate it, review it. It not only helps us get found, but uh, I really appreciate it and, and always read and enjoy all the comments. Next time on the Inspire podcast, I welcome Lisa Morton. Lisa is an entrepreneur from the UK. She's the founder and CEO of Ronald Transfield, a uh, communication agency. And she tells me about her own journey and the courage uh, she showed to start something in what was then a very male-dominated 
world and, uh, and build a business and one that's really focused not only on communications, but on empowering uh, entrepreneurs in the community in Manchester through a focus on values. So great conversation with her and look forward to the next episode of the Inspire Podcast. <laughs>